Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Good ovation. Thank you. Thank you. Thomas, you did a great job. Come on, give him a hand. That's the first time to do that. Yeah. I like that. You, you did good. You did good. I remember when you brought him first to our house to like, you know, size him up, make sure. Yes, it's like, did that. Yep. Yep. Two thumbs up. <laughs> and it's good to see. You know what? It's good to get someone else's input when you're thinking about marrying someone. All right. You guys agree with me on that? Good, good, good. Man, I'm so glad to see you guys today. Hey, I, I spent a little bit of time out in West Texas with my mother. My first time to be back out in West Texas since my father passed away. I was planning to go but uh, a few weeks ago, but there was this winter storm that happened and kind of like froze all plans, you know. But I had the, the opportunity to go out there and spend time with my mom, uh, taking a lot of stuff, going through my dad's office, taking a lot of stuff out and, and bringing a lot home. And so like a lot of emotions there and finding things in my dad's office that I remember I used to look through and play with and enjoy when I was a child. And uh, it's just it's su- such an incredible moment. And while I was there, my mom said, hey, I, your brother is planning on bringing me to church, to your church really soon. I said, really? What Sunday? And she goes, well, it's that first Sunday of April. I said, that's Easter. You're coming to my church on Easter? She said, well, we're going to try. So my mom is planning to be here at the 11 o'clock service on Easter. I'm excited for that. I really, really am. It's been years since she's been able to be here, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Tonight's going to be a good night. You know, really, today, today, I, I, I know that there, you know, we've, we've got plenty going on today. We have the service, then we have brunch with Pastor Tim, and afterwards, this evening, we have City Life Night. But today, really, more than anything, is a preparation day of our hearts for what God wants to do on Easter. I, I tell you, g- people, again, will be in church on Easter who just don't go to church. And they're going to be invited by you. <laughs> and you're going to invite them and bring them in. But this is a day of, of incredible ministry. In fact, I, I'm really expecting some deliverance to happen tonight. And, and uh, tonight's going to be a night just to come and to soak and enjoy. You might say, I've got a lot of stuff on the agenda. Sure, we all do. <laughs> we all do. But... It's just really good just to come and soak in God's presence and, and expect God to give you some freedom, all right? So it's going to be fantastic. How many of you guys are going to come to the 930 service uh, on Easter Sunday? You'll say, yeah, I'm a 930 person. How many of you say, I'm doing 11? I'm doing the 11 service. Good. It'll be fun. We're going to have a great time. All right, well, I want you to get your Bible open. There are two locations to open it up to. Book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 11. And Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. These are both Old Testament passages, two different prophets that we're going to be reading from, Isaiah 54, 11, Zechariah 4, 6. Leave that up there for just a second so that everyone can find those, jot those down, get those two scriptures in your Bible. Uh, you know, over this season, happiness has been in short supply. Really? Yeah, have you noticed over the past 12 months, happiness in general has just not been there? And I'll just want to say something. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because happiness should never be our goal. See, what happiness is, happiness is an emotional response to an action or event. Okay, that, let me just give you that definition again. Happiness is an emotional response to an action or event. Happiness is, is, is okay, it, it's, but it happen, happens to all of us. That's why the word happen 
is happiness. It all works together. Happiness is when something happens that makes you feel good. So we all get happy from time to time, but happiness has been in short supply recently. And, but, our, but our culture tells us that we're supposed to spend our lives and build our lives around pursuing happiness. I mean, there are movies out about it. You got to pursue happiness. There's all kinds of teaching out there. You got to pursue happiness. And, and, and it's actually faulty. Because happiness is like this. If I get a raise, then I'll be happy. If I get to go to that party, I'm going to be happy. If I get that car that I am lusting after, I will be happy. Have you ever done that? You're, like, I was driving on the highway, and I just saw a paint job on a truck. And I was like, I just want that truck because I like that paint job. I think that is the coolest thing. I don't need that. Like, I would feel so happy. It's like, how foolish. Just stop, stop, stop. You know, slapping my face. And, and, you know, just, just don't need to do that. If I get this new client, I'm going to be happy. If I marry that man, oh, then I'll be happy. You see, happiness is conditional because it's always short-lived. You get the little spike but it's, it's a shallow, short-lived thing. Happiness and happiness, of course, is in short supply right now, uh, which has led to a lot of problems. A lot of problems in our culture, uh, depression, suicide, uh, alcoholism, drug abuse, family abuse, all those things have spiked over the past several months because happiness has been in short supply. See, that's why we choose joy. Jordan didn't know I was going to talk about this here earlier, but that he talked about joy just a few minutes ago. We choose joy, and joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And joy is not contingent upon the circumstances that are around us. It's not about happenstance. It's not what happens to us. It's about the journey that we're on. See, if happiness is what you're after, then you're going to be unhappy most of the time, especially during this season, right? See, and when you do attain happiness, because we do attain it from time to time, the pleasure's just going to last for only a while. But then what happens? Like, well, that was, that was good. So you set a new level. You just instinctively set a new level for what your happiness needs to be for the next time. And you keep going, try to set it higher and higher and higher. And eventually, it becomes unattainable. And that's one of the reasons why celebrities and some of the wealthiest people in this world, they are not happy at all because they just can't attain anymore. And the rush is gone. See, joy comes from doing what we are fashioned to. To do. Now, I want to explain something to you. As the church of the living God, that is us, we have something we are to do, and we call it around here making Jesus known. Easter is a, is a huge opportunity to make Jesus known. But when we are doing what God has fashioned us to do, even uniquely in your own lives, in your own ways, then you're going to find that you'll have joy. And joy can be a constant because joy isn't based upon your circumstances. And even if, even if you're sad or disappointed, you can still have just joy under the surface. Remember this, happiness is found in achievements, but joy is found in the journey. Joy is there for us each morning when we wake up and we arise. It has to do with our attitude when we get out of bed. It's like, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. I remember years ago, Rebecca and I would sometimes have arguments. I know ne you guys have never had arguments in your marriages, but, but, we, but, but she, she would say this to me. She was like, 
it, then the next day comes around. She goes, but it's a new day. We're, we start fresh. We're going to start with joy. And, and she was preaching and teaching to me. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> it's a new day. It's a new day. So I decided to call today's message, It's a New Day. Write that down. It's a new day. It's a new day. I, I can't help but glance back at where things were 12 months ago um, and how amazed at things have changed all around us everywhere. In fact, one of the things that pastors have talked a lot about is, is what has happened to the church in America overall, uh, because anywhere from three quarters to, to you know, up to, up to a third of, of congregations have just disappeared, and people don't even go to church anymore. And they say they're watching online, but actually they're not. It's different. It's different. And, you know, I, you look at that, and it's like, what, what's going on here? Well, actually... The truth be told, and even the prophetic voices in America are saying, this is actually a recipe for revival. This is a recipe for God to do something amazing. I believe God is up to something huge. I've been saying that for a while, and I believe it with all my heart. And I'll also tell you, over the past 12 months, I have found joy in my journey. Because I keep doing what I'm fashioned to do. And because every day, like my wife taught me, it's a new day. And, and really, for me, never before, never before have I felt more freedom and more boldness and more consistent anointing and more power and more pure joy while at the same time walking through some unprecedented adversity. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day for me. It's a new day for you. It's a new day for your business. It's a new day for your family. It's a new day for your church. It's a new day for your city. And I'm saying, let's step into it. And I want us to begin to declare it. In fact, Thomas, when he was up here earlier, he was having us declare some things, and I like that. And we're going to declare something here at the end of today's message as well. You guys are so in sync with me. It's just amazing already prior to the service. But, but as I talk about a new day, it's not so much the 24-hour segment. I'm talking about it being a new day as in a new season. Now is the time to make Jesus known like never before in those unique ways that God has already anointed you. And if you're just into observing and not participating, now is the time where I want to just light a little flame under you to say, I want you to participate in what God's doing. Because it's time for the excuses to be over with. You know, we, we make excuses for ourselves. Well, you know, this and that, that's just how I am. That's how I'm not or whatever. Let's, let's get rid of some excuses. I, I'm saying today, make it the day where you're going to leave them in the past. You're going to surge forward and you're going to do what you are fashioned to do because a new day is dawning. In fact, in fact the Bible is full of stories of, of people who did amazing things for God, yet they were far from perfect. And they could have used their excuses, but they didn't. And God used them mightily. Can I just give you a little bit of a list here? Abraham, he was old. <laughs> he was really old. Jacob was insecure. Leah was unattractive. Jacob was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was poor. Samson was codependent. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair and all kinds of family problems. Eli you know, all kinds of stuff. Elijah was suicidal. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah was fearful and angry. Naomi was a widow. John the Baptist was eccentric, to say the least. He was the weirdest preacher ever. Peter was impulsive and he was hot-tempered. Martha worried too much. The Samaritan woman had several failed marriages. Zacchaeus was very unpopular. Poor, uh, Paul had poor health. Thomas had doubts and Timothy was timid. 
and God used all of them and he wants to use you so i want to say let him use you because this is a new day and god is looking to to fill you with joy as as he elevates you and and, and takes you as a faithful faith-filled willing person to that next level i want you to look at this scripture i'm gonna put it on the screens here for you. it's matthew chapter 16 verse 8, 18 and 19 one of my favorite scriptures where Jesus says this, he said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That is a crazy, amazing scripture right there for us, for us. In other words, we are the church. We have the keys. The words on our lips can bind and loose. I mean, that's part of what I'm expecting today and tonight as well. And the church will be built. Jesus says, I'm, I'm going to build my church. And I don't care what hell is trying to do to stop it. I'm going to build my church. And the power is within the body of Christ to declare it and make it happen. Yeah. It's a new day for building. Yeah. I've got some new day statements for you. First of all, it's a new day for building. And some of these are going to really resonate in your heart. Because yesterday is behind you. It's time for you to surge forward and do what you are fashioned to do. It's a time for new, fresh strength and fresh boldness. It's time to move out of maintenance mode and, and, and to begin stepping out. Some of you, you need to begin branching out and taking steps on the dreams that God has put in your heart. And, and, and don't hold back on small dreams. Do not hold back. Don't say, I can't do it. Don't shut the door that God has opened up for you already. It is a new day, and God wants to take you beyond your abilities. He does. Also, it's a new day for transformation. Oh, I love it, transformation. I mean, God is looking to transform many of you into someone who is totally different. Yeah. I want you to look in Isaiah 54, 11, get that ready. We're going to look at this. This is a prophecy, and it should be marked in your Bibles. If it's not, mark it. Because this speaks of when God's people come up against a tough spot. And some of you, most of you, many of you, you're in a tough spot. But after the dust settles, then you as a group, as a group of people, you can receive this. And I, I, I believe this is a word for us. It's a word for our church. And I want to speak this over you and everyone who's listening online as well. Isaiah 54, 11, follow with me. Afflicted city lashed by storms and not comforted. And he's not speaking of a literal city. He's talking about a group of God's people. Afflicted city, lashed by storms and not comforted. I will build you. Receive that. That's from God. I will build you. I will build you. Look at the beauty. With stones of turquoise, your foundations with lapis lazuli. I will make your battlements of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious stones. And all your children will be taught by the Lord. In other words, there's going to be revelation from God going down to your next generation. Some of you said, I don't even have children. Well, just wait. They're going to get, be getting a revelation from God, and great will be their peace. This is God's word for you. It's a, God, it's a word from God for you to also speak over and to give to others. Transformation. 
It's a word for God for this church and for your business. It's for your family, and I want you to believe it. This speaks of a new day of transformation, and now is the time. Transformation is ahead, and I want you to be engaged for it. It's also a new day for success. It's a new day for success. God does not set you up for failure. Now, come on. It's true. Life is not fair, is it? No, it's not. Life is not easy. <laughs> it's been that way ever since Adam and Eve got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Thanks a lot, great-great-great-great-great-grandparents, however far up they are. And it's going to be like that until the millennium and then moving into eternity. See, what life does is life dishes out sickness and pain and setbacks and loss. And, and even though you might see someone or perceive that someone has an easy life, can I just tell you something? They don't. They don't. They don't have an easy life. They just make it appear that way by fooling you by the stuff that they post on Instagram, you know? I, I think the most dangerous thing that we can do, though, is when things are going, going wrong or going backward or sideways in our lives is just to feel like we're, I'm, a, I'm a victim. I'm a victim of what's happened around me. I'm a victim of my company. I'm a victim of, of the COVID thing, or I'm a victim of, of whatever's going on, and that we're entitled, like, I should have something. I should, everything should be okay for me. Well, that kind of attitude can actually be utterly destructive, and I just want to encourage you to avoid that attitude at all costs. King David, he was a man after God's own heart. He had a very difficult life, as I already expressed. And God gave him success, though. God gave him success. And David pinned these words, and it's found in Psalm chapter 20, verse 4. I want you to receive this, even as I speak it over you, as David spoke, spoke it over us. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Can you believe that for yourself? Yes. <laughs> that is God's desire for you. Regardless of how hard it's been, he wants to give you the desires of your heart and make all, all, all of your plans succeed. Yeah, come on. Come on. And furthermore, it's a new day of blessing. Yes. Oh, I love this because at the time of the rebuilding of Jerusalem, and this is after... Uh, after the, the people of God had been sent into exile and then they were returning to their homeland and the temple had been destroyed and they were just trying to rebuild their lives. It was just rubble. It was just a big, big mess. During the time of rebuilding of Jerusalem, um, the first thing they were commanded to do was to build the house of God, which was a temple. And they got there and they said, okay, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. In fact, Cyrus the Great even gave them the funds and, and the ability to get these projects started. And so, so Jerusalem, the people of God, were coming back and they were, uh, they were establishing this temple. And then something happened here. I want you to look in, in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 now. This is this other passage I wanted you to see. The governor of Jerusalem, kind of like the, the mayor, the head person, the person who has a huge amount of responsibility, more than any kind of a mayor we would ever have, his name was Zerubbabel. And he was the one who was responsible to get the temple built. And, uh, and they, they finished laying this foundation for the temple, and that was finished in the year 534 B.C. We know that, actually, by date. That's, that's historical record. They got the, 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 uh, the, the foundation for the temple established. It took them two years to get that foundation there. It was just big, beautiful foundation. 
And it's fun. If you've ever done like a, a building project, and when you finally see that foundation going in, you're like, oh, baby. Oh, baby, baby, baby. But see, they started, you know you say that, okay? But they started having these interruptions and these issues and their problems. And then there were some people with some attitudes. And then a lot of the people who were volunteering to help, they just quit. And they may have had the COVID-1 pandemic. I don't know. I don't know what happened. You know, COVID-01, we'll just call it, instead of COVID-19. But people eventually just chose, I'm just going to stay home. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going out anywhere. That's, that's what was happening. Kind of interesting, isn't it? So the work stopped on the temple. And that foundation sat there for 14 years. Whew. Unfinished. I, I, can you imagine? I, the way I perceive it is there are weeds growing up around it. And, and every time you see it, you don't even want to look at it anymore because there's disappointment and discouragement and frustration. Every time you think about it, it speaks of, yep, something good was going to happen, but oh, well, nothing now. You know, this building projects always take longer than they are expected or promised by contractors. Those of you who are contractors in this room, God bless you. But I, I, I was told this, I was trained in this, in my very first building project we ever had for church I pastored, we, it, was a, it was a beautiful 500-seat auditorium for youth. It was a big youth building, and we had a game room and a cafe, we had a coffee shop and offices and a prayer room and a state-of-the-art, everything. We, we designed this thing to the hilt. It was going to be amazing. And I was so excited. We had raised the funds for it. And it was time to move forward with the project. And everyone said, don't trust what they're saying. It's going to take longer. It's going to take longer. And I was like, you know what? We're, we're just going to plow through this. Come on, we, we can do this. And, and, and so I set it up so that once a month we would do this video broadcast from the, from the uh, work site and showing everybody the progress. And so we did our first one. There wasn't much to show. And the second one, they were moving dirt. And we were all excited. And the third one, they moved some more dirt. And then everything stopped. Like, like they, and then, then, this was in Missouri. And I was like, why, why did y'all stop? They said, well, it's been raining too much. Okay. A few weeks later, why, it's not raining anymore. Why did it stop? Well, it's too cold now. Oh, we can't pour concrete when it's that cold. I don't know what y'all, I don't, I don't know about that. But I just did not, I was like, that is just so wrong. The work literally stopped and they couldn't seem to get back on track for another six months out. Now, this whole project was supposed to take nine to ten months. Ha, ha, ha. 22 months later, and after I quit making videos for the congregation, because I was embarrassed, like, here are the weeds, here's the foundation that's not there, here's LG, here we are. 22 months later, we finally had our grand opening. Yeah, it was like, phew. <laughs> but can you imagine Zerubbabel? 14 years. And he was commanded to do that by Cyrus, by the king. <laughs> you know? Zerubbabel, he, he, and he knew that he couldn't get the temple built, and it was because of really the selfishness and the cynicism of the people of Jerusalem, but God had spoken to Zerubbabel, and, through the, and then through the prophet Zechariah, God revealed something to him, and there was a declaration made over him, but then he had to do something to make this happen. The prophet Zechariah came to him and said, this is going to be built. It will be built. Look at it. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Look at this. So he said to me, so this is God speaking to the prophet. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. So he then took God's word, the prophet, and spoke to Zerubbabel. Look at this. <laughs> Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. 
What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. There wasn't a literal mountain there, but it was a mountain of problems. Before Zerubbabel, before you, before you, this will become level ground. And then he will bring out the capstones. That's Zerubbabel, the capstone to shouts of God bless it. God bless it. And I'm telling you guys, the building work that God wants to do in your lives right now, it's not going to happen by wealth or cunningness or virtue. It's not going to happen by sheer grit or strength. It's going to happen by his spirit. And when this happens in our lives and in our family and in our church and in our businesses, we're going to be saying, you're going to be saying, God bless it. God bless it. God bless it. God bless it. And for many of you, the work that God begun in you, it seems like it is going nowhere. Like I'm doing what I felt I was supposed to do, but I'm going nowhere. It's like the construction of a building. The foundation has been laid, but that's it. There's no walls. There's no roof. There's just a bland, empty, very, very boring foundation. And for a lot of you, that's the case. That, that's, that's actually where you are right now. And it, and it resonates in your heart. For so long, it feels like that's been the case all around us. The barriers, they're just too high. What can you do? Seems like it's almost impossible to move into the new day that's ahead. But I believe that is about to change, and it is changing. And as, 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 as the leader, Zerubbabel, he had this burning desire to see the building go up. And you got to know, it broke his heart because it seemed next to impossible. By this point, the money wasn't even there anymore. The people were disheartened, and they were literally, they were literally saying, it tells us in the scripture, they were literally saying, it's not time to build. It's not, we're not, no, we're not going to do this. And that had disheartened Zerubbabel. And some of you have had people even speaking around you and saying things and doing that have disheartened you. Quite often, we need to tune out some of those disheartening voices and tune into the voice of the Spirit, the voice of the Spirit says. But then there was the day God's prophetic word broke through. And for, to, for many of you, today is the day God's prophetic word breaks through for you. This is the word of the Lord to you, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, O mighty mountain, before you? It will become level ground. And then you will bring out the capstone with shouts of God bless it, God bless it. And today that prophetic word is being spoken over you and you have the choice to receive it or not. Look at that big mountain. Look at it in front of you. What is your mountain? You need to say to that mountain, what are you, mighty mountain? What are you? Come on. In fact, I want you just to say it. What are you, mighty mountain? Come on, say it with me. What are you, mighty mountain? That's like mocking it. Mock the mountain. Mock the mountain. What is the mountain? Get it in your head. Now just say, what are you? Come on, say it with me. What are you, mighty mountain? Mighty mountain. Make fun of it, okay? You will become level ground. In fact, I want you to say that with me as well. You will become level ground. What is that mountain that's there? Speak, speak to it. You will become level ground. There, this is biblical to speak over mountains. And I'm not talking literal mountains necessarily. 
I'm just talking about the mountains that's in front of you. Do not settle for anything remaining in your way and speak to those mountains of discouragement, of conflict, of debt, and of pain, and, and anything that is standing in the way of the building work that God wants to do in you. You need to say to this, what are you? You will become level ground. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> I want you to say these words with me. Listen, just listen. This is not going to be on screens or anything. So you actually have to listen to this. God is doing a building work. Say it. God is doing. Okay, we're going to try it again. God is doing a building work. It's not by my might. It's not by my power. But it's by his spirit. So I say to the mighty mountain, what are you? What are you? You will become level ground. Oh, come on. Say it like you mean it. You will become level ground. Come on. In this new day of building, say it. I will say, God bless it. As God is building my life, I will say, God bless it. As God is building this church, I will say, God bless it. As God is building my business, I will say, God bless it. As God is building my home, I will say, God bless it. As God is building around me and doing amazing things through me, I will say, God bless it. And you will go forth with joy. Come on. Come on. Stop the pursuit of happiness. Joy is found when God begins to work the miracle. Let it be in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. All across this room, I want you just to lock yourself in with God, just quietly, whether you're watching online or in this room. Before we go any further, I'm going to ask you, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'll just tell you this. All the stuff I preached to you today is just nice platitudes because it cannot take effect in your life until you receive Christ as your Savior. If there's sin in your life, you've not given that. You've not given God your heart. I want you to do it now. I just want you to do it now. Ask him to forgive you of your sin, cleanse you from unrighteousness, and begin to take these promises from God, the promise of a new day, because the new day begins today. There's new light about ready to burst forth on the scene in your life, and it's called salvation. It gives you an eternity with Jesus Christ, the Lord of lords and King of kings. There's no fear of death. There's no fear of punishment. That's the beauty of what it gives you. So as you're looking inside, as you're being introspective, if that's you this morning and you want to give your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand at the count of three? That way I can match my faith up with yours. You can agree in faith with me, and we will pray a prayer. And we're going to believe that God's going to rescue people from darkness today. Will you, if that's you today, just lift your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Lift it up so that I can see it. Lift it up so that I can see it. Thank you. you put your hands down. Anyone else? Thank you. If you're online, let someone know on that online chat that you want to give your life to Christ, and they're going to be able to talk with you. But if you lifted your hand, or if you're responding online, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Come on, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. 
Cleanse me from unrighteousness. I give my life to you. I thank you for your blood that was shed on the cross because it cleanses me from all my sin and gives me the hope of eternity. I'm a follower of you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Before we go any further, though, before we dismiss today to the brunch, I want us to sing with robust hearts. I want us to sing. I want us to sing. This is a song that we're going to sing. It says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there are freedom. There is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, which is here, chains are broken. That's for today and for tonight. Where the spirit of the Lord is, eyes are open and Christ is with us. And we're going to sing open wide the gates of heaven. Lord, let your presence fall. And I want that for you. I want that for me. I want that for our church. God is up to something big. It's a new day. Will you stand to your feet? Come on, stand to your feet. Let's begin to open our hearts. And I want you to sing this song with robust hearts to the Lord.
as the Lord is building my, my church, we will say, God bless it. Yes. to be a part of this new day today. Yes? Amen? A quick reminder about uh, Brunch with Pastor Tim and City Life Night tonight at 6 p.m. Hope y'all can be there. Um, in a sense, the blessing I'm about to speak, it, you might want to call it the, the new day blessing, in a sense. Yes? So when, when God gave this blessing to the Israelites, he said, he said, Tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this blessing. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. So do you understand this? So what God is saying that isn't Aaron and his sons giving this blessing, is literally God from coming from heaven to bless the people of Israel. To look at it from a new covenant perspective, it's as if Jesus himself came, comes down from heaven and blesses us with these words today. So with that in mind, let me speak these words. May God bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. In Jesus' name. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.